0: Amen. Turn around and say hello to someone and then be seated. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, we've, we've been talking about faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You need to get yourself a Bible and uh, systematically read it, study it, um, memorize it, take notes, get into the Bible Institute. Just get into the Word until the Word gets into you. Never get to the point where you feel like you have arrived or you feel like you've got enough of it, or you already know it, because there's always something that the Lord can reveal to us. I'm so glad that we not only believe this for ourselves, but we've been doing our part, we think, to try to get the Word of God out. And um, I don't know how many copies, 1,500-plus copies of the Word of God that we've um, purchased through our special offering, our nine-week offering, January and February and we gave the gift of God's Word in hardback form to folks around the world. And I just got a package of thank you notes from the Philippines. Now, uh, North Semar, right? You know where Semar is? Yeah. Yeah, now, where is that compared to where you're from? On the, side of me, on the, eastern, side. On the eastern side. How far away would it be? Wow, so that's way out there. Is it typhoon it's a so t- um, there are a lot of in that area? Yeah, it's um uh let's see. Um Lighthouse Baptist Church uh, Quirino Street, Caterman uh, North, Samar, Philippines 6400 whatever that means. So, uh, anyway, we got some notes back. These are thank you notes written and uh, this is just you know, in January this this receiver by the name of Rhea Joy, we got a new Bible. We got a new Bible with my mom. Now, I take that to mean that she and mom both got one. That's good. I mean, we're not only supplying Bibles for these folks, but we're giving them good quality hardback Bibles, and mom and daughter got Bibles. Amen, that's good. Thank you providing for providing, notice, a new one. So they must be used to getting used to things, all right? Uh, Somebody else by the name of Cyrus, uh, I penned a letter to let you all know that I am so thankful for all of you for donating this Bible to me, and we are glad to be able to do that. Cyrus, good name. Uh, With a name like that, you can take over the world. Amen. All right. Got your own kingdom. Dear Bible donor, this is November of 2022. Uh, Also from the Philippines. I'm so thankful to all of you for providing a new Bible. I really need this, especially for my spiritual growth. Thank you. It's in their own handwriting. Thank you. Thank you. May God bless you abundantly. And this is from R-I-Z-A. So I imagine that's Riza. Riza. Okay. so praise Lord. Is that would that be a that be a girl's name? Probably. Okay. All right. I'm I'm depending on my. Filipina expert over here. All right. And this is from, this must, is this a guy, Nagel? 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 Don't know. Nagel? All right. Nagel, whoever. All right. Says, uh, <coughs> Dear, Dear ma'am or sir, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom with all thy getting get understanding. Thank you for giving this book of wisdom to me. Amen. Amen. And this one, Back in November, this is from Remar Cantado over in the Philippines. Dear Bible donors, since I got a new Bible, I learned a lot of things about God. Amen. How many of you out there say, since I got a Bible, I learned a lot of things about God? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for giving me a new Bible. Now, we've got a stack of these. We're going to take a few at a time as we're able but I just, I wanted to, to do for you what it did for me. It encouraged me to know that people, uh, how many thousand miles away is that? 8,000 miles? 6,000? 7,000? It's long ways off. Long, long walk, long swim. And uh, I mean, it's a long ways off. And those people all the way halfway around the world are reading Bibles right now that you gave money for. And a lot of people have had a part in this. You prayed and you gave, and the folks down in uh, Beams got them sent, and they got them in the hands of the missionary, and the missionary got them in the hands of the people. And the people are saying, you know, I learned a lot about God since I got the Bible. Amen. Amen. I like that. That's, that's all right. Amen. Well, today has been Resurrection Sunday. I've been getting happy Resurrection Sunday messages from around the world, and people are glad to be able to, to refer to it that way. I know it's Easter, that's the popular uh, name, the commercial name. But uh, I want to tell you right now that uh, we do not celebrate an imaginary rabbit who uh, lays plastic and candy eggs for us to find under every shrub and bush or whatever. I'm very thankful that it's about the Lord Jesus rising from the dead, coming back from the dead. We were talking with one of our grandchildren today, and um, he was th- telling us uh, how, and, and he's what, five, just turned five years old. He turned five, how the stone was moved. He learned that Sunday school and from his daddy, you know, who'd been going over these things with him. The stone was moved. Who moved that stone? God moved that stone. And, and who came out? Jesus came out, and he goes like this, Jesus came out, amen. And so, praise the Lord for the truth. It's not about uh, bunnies and eggs and things like that, and I, I love eggs as much as the next person, but I like mine fried, you know, over medium. And um, we've, been, we've been having eggs for breakfast on a regular ba- basis, 90-something percent of the time, for 53 years, and my arteries just as clear as can be glory to God. Amen. So you're going to enjoy that. All right. Uh, I'm in excellent help. Uh, so there we go. That's corny. That's... <laughs> Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're talking about tonight. This is Resurrection Sunday. The stone was moved. I wanted to share some things. The, the sword of the Lord had on the front page a reprint of a message by evangelist Hyman Appleman. You ever hear of him? All right. Absolutely. My dad, before he died, he told me in detail the last long conversation. I said, "Tell me about that campaign," because he told me he had heard Hyman Appleman had come to Minneapolis back in World War II, in the 1940s, and uh, he was preaching downtown, and people uh, had surrounded him. He was down in the square, down below, and they were all looking out of these windows of these office buildings and out on these balconies. And so he had, he had like a, uh, the equivalent of a stadium full of people in these high rise buildings around him. And he was preaching down there. My dad, I said, how was it? And he said, you would have, that, that little Jewish Christian preacher, he was all over the place and he was uh, preaching and just, uh, you know, foaming and frothing and just, just having at it, having a great time. But We have a message on the front page of the sword for the end of March. The language of Christ's resurrection. I want you to remember these three words. Wonder, certainty, and joy. Wonder, certainty, and joy. Today, being in God's house, being under the preaching of the Word, in the the presence of God and sensing the power of God, because I, I sense the power of God here today, and him moving on hearts and lives and people receiving Jesus as savior and that caused that increased my wonder factor the I stand amazed factor but the awe that I have for Jesus isn't just what I feel but it's based upon the absolute truth of the word of God certainty that's also based in the word of God I'm sure I know of a, of what I know of what I know of what I know uh, after the service, went downstairs to, to uh, thank one of the Hispanic uh, ministry members for something they had shared with us. And he handed me uh, uh, a song in Spanish. And I looked at the notes, and I'm so glad for what little musical education I've stuck. And I hummed through that, and I said, you know what this is in Spanish? This is my dad's favorite song. I know not why God's not, but I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. My dad's favorite song, it was in, it was in Spanish, you know, uh, but I, I, can, I can play piano in either English or Spanish. So anyway, certainty and joy. Now let's talk about joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. When, when we need joy, we need to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and allow that to happen. The, the experiences of life, you're going to have them, and they're going to get you down. They're going to drag you down. Anybody here, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't shake your head. Don't say amen out loud. Don't do anything. Anybody here ever get depressed? Well, when that happens, you need the joy of the Lord, and that's where the fruit of the Spirit bubbling over, overflowing abundantly, comes in. We we cannot be excused as believers who know better because of the Word of God to just abide in that depression, in that darkness. Because something is dark or something is difficult is no excuse for us to be dark and for us to be depressed. Doom and gloom is not going to be the way we live between here and heaven. Joy is how we're going to live between here and heaven. And that's where where this special day comes in. Results of the resurrection. Uh, This is from Harold Lenzel and Charles Woodbridge, two, two great authors that I have several of their books in my library. Results of the resurrection. Write this down. Number one, it guarantees the deity of the Lord Jesus. He's declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1, 4. So it guarantees the deity of the Lord Jesus. I'm glad we've got a resurrected, a raised savior who's alive, not just back from the dead to die again, but alive forevermore. He's never gonna die again. Amen. Number two, result of resurrection. Not only does it guarantee the deity of the Lord Jesus, but number two, it is essential to our justification, I'm justified. That means before God, He sees me as sinless and perfect. That's without a raised Savior from the dead, God would not see me as sinless and perfect. So that's, that's absolutely essential. Uh, it says see Romans 5, excuse me, 425 and 834. Romans 425 and 834. Number three, result of the resurrection. It makes possible... The forgiveness of sins. And this is going to come into tonight's message. I can forgive because I've been forgiven. But if I don't have a raised Savior, I can't forgive anybody. Okay? Because I can't be forgiven. All right, there you go. Makes possible the forgiveness of sins. Uh, it says, see First Corinthians 15, 17. Number four, result of the resurrection. It makes certain a final judgment quote, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man who he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead, Acts 17, 31. Paul was preaching that. Wasn't he preaching that up on Mars Hill? I think so. All right, so it makes certain a final judgment. We wouldn't know that otherwise if we didn't have a raised Savior, a risen Savior. Number five result of the resurrection, it furnishes every believer, every one of us, without exception, with a deathless hope, a deathless hope. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. He rose from the dead and liveth forever. So will the bodies of believers be raised from the tomb. This is the unshakable confidence of the saints. Thank you, Harold Linzel and Charles Woodbridge some great authors i appreciate that that brings into proper perspective what the practical the nuts and bolts results of the resurrection actually are i was reading in revival fires that's a dr dennis uh, corals publication he's got on the back page outlines and illustrations that preach i had a i had a friend in the ministry he's now gone to glory <laughs> but he never He never preached a message that he made up on his own. He borrowed always, he borrowed, uh, uh, (laughs) and he said so. He would borrow, he would borrow, he he said to me, Brad, he said, uh, um, if, if it worked the first time for Spurgeon, it'll work for me. Work for John R. Rice, it'll work for me. Work for Jack Hiles, it'll work for me. So, anyway. They, they will frequently, they'll share outlines. And this is on the back. I don't plan to preach it, but I'm going to share it with you just the same. Four signs of the soon coming of Christ. Four signs of the soon coming of Christ. You want to write this down. Uh, Brother Coral and I agree. There are no signs that tip you off on the rapture. That's going to come soon, suddenly, and surprising. All the signs look past to the revelation, the return of Christ with the saints at the end of the tribulation. Since the rapture takes place seven years before the revelation, ooh, we better be ready, amen? Amen, all right, here's, here's what he says, four signs of the soon coming of Christ, where he says, behold, I come quickly. Uh, several times he says that in Revelation chapter 22, and I've preached on that, but anyway, number one, the increase in natural disasters. Once again, that's not a sign of the rapture. That's a sign of the revelation, but the rapture comes first. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 12. And these things will be happening during the tribulation. We're going to see the run-up to the tribulation. The rapture will take place. And then during the tribulation, you'll see an increase. You won't. I won't. We'll be a million miles from here. Glory to God. We'll be with Jesus. Amen. All right, so the increase in natural disasters. Number two, indifference among all people. Indifference among all people, Matthew 24, 37. Matthew 24, 37, such as you see in 38 and 39, as you see in Noah's day, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be uh, in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Number three, we've seen an increase in natural disasters. Number two, indifference among all people. Number three, iniquity abounding. Iniquity abounding. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. And then number four, here it is, insincere peace. You got them all starting with I. There you go, insincere peace. The sign of signs which we see in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 3, false peace. The conclusion is, this is Brother Coral, The signs are pointing to the revelation. The rapture precedes that event by seven years. If the signs are pointing to the revelation, you better be ready for the rapture. Amen. Are you saved? Are you baptized? Are you serving? Amen. I like that. Thank you, Brother Coral. All right, I shared all that, not because I doubted that there would be enough substance in the message tonight, but I just believe that anything good that God gives us, I want to share with you. So I want you to have that this week and think about it. Last Sunday, somebody asked me again about that, that uh, illustration given by R.G. Lee. R.G. Lee had uh, gone to South America, and he passed by this beggar, old, filthy beggar. He was blind, and he had this filthy, sticky, gummy violin that was out of tune and screechy and scratchy, and he, was, he had a tin cup out front, and he had a few centavos in there, but he was screeching and scratching and just making, you know, it sounded like cats dying, and, uh, and uh, on that particular trip with R.G. Lee was a concert violinist. And she asked the blind man for just a moment if she could borrow the violin, and she did. And she cleaned up the violin, tightened the strings, tightened the bow, put that old violin under her neck, and began to play the most beautiful music, so much so that people passing by started dumping all kinds of, not just centavos, but pesos and all kinds of, I'm not sure what countries. It so might have been bolivars or something else. But they were, they were putting the money in the cup until it was overflowing. And that is a picture of what the Lord has done for us. The master Jesus has come along. And our old screechy, scratchy uh, life it has not been very productive, has it? But then he comes and he s- cleans it up and tightens it up and straightens it up and adjusts us. And he begins to play on our life a beautiful, beautiful song that produces so much. Now, not dollars and cents, but in terms of that which is substantive for eternity. I want the Lord to have the old, nasty, scratchy uh, violin of my life, and I want him to tighten it up. I want him to, to play good music and make it pleasant for people. I want to be able to do what God would have me to do. I mentioned this morning uh, Brother Lakato's book called The Cast of Characters. And he goes through the Old Testament and points out all these people that are in the line of Christ. And all of them are imperfect. All of them are sinners. And, And the conclusion is, and he's correct on this, that if God could use those people in the Bible, and that's why God says what He says... He certainly wants to take our life and use it. He wants to tighten up the strings and tighten up the bow. He wants to play play some beautiful music. He wants to make something of our life for the time that we have left. How much time have we got? Nobody knows. Jesus is coming. I've talked to you about the rapture that's coming before the revelation. and, And it could be any time. But in the meantime, we need to be walking by faith and living by faith and hiding God's word in our heart and applying the truth. And everybody here needs to be doing that. Just before I I got ready to to preach tonight, I was back and forth and texting with some folks, and this individual said that God had been working in their life through our preaching, and they've they've made certain steps and progress because of it. We give God all the glory for that. That's That's what this is supposed to be. Preaching is not supposed to be an exercise of the intellect. Certainly it's involved, but it's not about, it doesn't stop there. If what you're getting from the Word of God stops right here, you're in bad shape, sir, ma'am. You're in bad shape. It needs to keep on going right on down to here. And then it needs to work its way out through our our life, our attitude, uh, the way we respond to one another. Amen and amen. We're a bunch of sinners, just like those folks in the Bible. And we're who God has to work with. Uh, Over in Mark chapter... Number, let's turn to uh, the 16th chapter. Let's go. Mark chapter 16, beginning of verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Just think about that. What a past she had. Everybody's got one here, by the way. So let's not look down our long old noses at somebody else, like there's something wrong with them that's not wrong with us. All right? But then, and she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, look at the last two words, believe not. They believe not. Maybe it was they were so dark and gloomy and depressed, they just wouldn't allow themselves to believe. But isn't that a shame? She had eyewitness account. She was taking what Jesus had said he was going to do, and now he had done it. Faith is taking God at His Word and applying it. Uh, Forsaking all, I trust Him. That's what faith stands for, the acrostic. Forsaking all, I trust Him. Same as the Old Testament word trust, New Testament word faith. That's what faith is. It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. She's taking what Jesus had said. She's seen Jesus, so she knows that it's absolute truth. She comes back and she tells them, and we just have two words, believe not, believe not. They must not have had much of the word in them, all right Read on after that he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country that's the last chapter in Luke on the road to Emmaus they so we understand now why they didn't they didn't recognize him because he didn't appear the same all right he could do that he's God all right and they went and told it unto the residue so those, that, those two that were walking, that had been with Jesus, they went back and told the rest of the disciples. And please notice the last four words of verse 13. Neither believed they them. Neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their... notice unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So they didn't, they didn't accept the eyewitness accounts of those who had faith. And how often does that take place? You're talking to folks and they're just resisting, right? They, I mean, they're keeping you at arm's length. They, they don't want to trust what you're saying. They don't want to trust you. They just want to be doubters, skeptics. You've you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. They weren't embracing the truth. They were holding you at arm's length. And they don't want you to get too cozy, too close. They don't want you to tell them anything about the supernatural because if they can't feel it, touch it, taste it, smell it, you know, experience it in the five sense realm, they don't want to have anything to do with it. That's what we're dealing with a lot of times. People who are not full of the Word are not going to be likely to have faith in God. They won't. They won't be believers. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, get this. He's dealing with unbelievers. Same situation He had back in Mark chapter 6 and uh, Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus comes to His hometown synagogue. And they were offended. You remember reading that? They said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Why, don't we know his brothers and his sisters? And and, uh, have we seen him for 30 years growing up? And now he's speaking like this. Never a man spake like this. The Bible says they were, in both passages, Matthew 13 and Mark chapter 6, they were astonished. I stand amazed. They were astonished. But they were offended. And then we're reminded that a prophet, a true prophet of God, is not without honor, save in his own country. When you're around people that are familiar with you, and for example, all the people who saw me go through my teenage years, they were not real anxious when I was a 20-something preacher to come out, come on out and hear Brother Brad preach. They weren't, uh, except they were amazed. I'm sure they were amazed. Got to our my fiftieth high school uh, reunion, and and I'm I'm sitting at the table. We're having pizza the first night. We're sitting there, and and the guy that ran the the four would be the equivalent of the 400 meter, the 440 yard dash, and he and he was he was the guy that ran in our mixed medley. A mixed medley is different lengths put together. It was a special thing that they did at at big relay meets that they would have for track and uh, we still hold the record after 50 years for the mixed medley never been broken never been broken just throw that in for free all right but he's sitting there last name stevenson and he's and now he's like i i couldn't believe all how old all all these people were but he's he's like i am you know he's showing some age a little bald on top and he, and he just kept shaking his head. And you remember this, sweetie? He kept saying, Winnegar, you became a preacher. Winnegar, you became a preacher. <laughs> and that's what God can do. He didn't have much to work with, but uh, he took me, took me from where I was, took David out of the sheep coat, took, you know, you go through the Bible, all these different ones, what has God got to work with? Well, if somebody will have faith in God, God can do something with that individual. They don't have to have a whole lot going on for them if they'll just get into the word and have faith in God. When I think about uh, Jerry Johnson, when I think about uh, how he came out of drugs and, and uh, how his mind was absolutely blasted. And he started reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible and became a great preacher. I-, I can think of many cases like that, so can you. Um, uh, I, I'm thinking of, uh, of several They're just running through my mind as, as I'm speaking right now Many, many examples But in the case of Jesus In his hometown synagogue The people had no belief They had no faith They saw somebody they'd seen grown up Grow up in, in their own presence And because they had been familiar with him They doubted him they were offended rather than convicted and uh, and he had he had uh, no following in his hometown synagogue and uh, they were they were un- unbelievers and the bible says that jesus could do no mighty miracles in their presence that's what unbelief will do if you're not in the word listen to me christians all of you out there if you're not in the Word, don't expect miracles all around you. They're not going to be popping up all around you. If you are living in your doom and your gloom and uh, you are not filled with faith, you're not going to see the miracles of God. Uh, I, listen, I wouldn't want to be that way. If for no other reason I would not want to be that way, I would not want to just be satisfied in my own negativity when I could see the blessings of God. People need to be filled with the Spirit, so there you there you have it. It's um, it's just that simple. So these are the people he says to in Mark 16:15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who the ones he just upbraided for their unbelief? Why? Because they had not taken Mary Magdalene's and the two on the road to Emmaus, and the others had not taken. Uh, their word for it, and they, they were not believing because they weren't being filled with faith. They were, not, they were not walking out that faith. They were not living out that faith. And he said, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, it is both a command and a solution. Get this. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is both a command and a solution. He commands us, No exceptions. If you're saved, saved and you know it, then show it, tell it, share it. Amen.